My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 227 of Legally Clueless. Thank you for rocking with this podcast. I've got so much love for you, especially OG members who are consistently showing this podcast love. I just saw a post from somebody who's by the beach and they're like, we're listening to the podcast, which is awesome. (laughs) And if you are new to the pod, welcome to the family. Audio episodes like this got every single Monday and you can stream us on Spotify or everywhere else you find podcasts on. Make sure you join our community officially. Just go to LegallyCluelessAfrica.com, which is our website. And you can sign up. And even while you're there, you can watch our video series, our tour series, catch up on our workshops and events. Speaking of, I'm so excited. Should I tell you now? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me share what's coming up in this episode. Listen to this. I had a Toyota Wish. It was a station wagon. I remember we used to carry like potatoes, you know, and then it's like almost looking like those low riders in the west coast and then cops cops would stop you because of course you're doing commercial business with a private car you'd tie a red ribbon and say we are going to a funeral so the first farm we managed no actually two farms one was for a friend of mine called kelvin uh let's just say i lost his money uh, it didn't work out too well the where the land was and where the river was but we were pumping water about more than a kilometer away so here i have put my hat on also as an engineer but i'm like how hard can it be buy a pump, connect some pipes, and they reach the farm. It's going to work, right? And buy some drip irrigation and stuff like that. What's the cost of energy to pump water upstream? We hadn't calculated evaporation rate. Danyuk is hot. The other thing we didn't clear is elephants. How do you start dealing with elephants? I'm a city boy. Remember, back in the story, I am a city boy. That is part two of Kevin's story. And I'm really excited about this part because it's a beautiful raw story or insights on being an entrepreneur. I think sometimes the stories of entrepreneurs are really sexified and glamorized, especially with social media. Everybody's presenting what they feel is the shiny bits of business. And most of the times it can make you stay away from business because it looks a bit too glamorous. It can make you who's already in business Feel like something is wrong with your business. You know, it keeps many people away when we over-sexify business and we don't tell the stories as they are. So I'm very happy because in Kevin's story, you are going to see yourself in this business journey, which if you ask me, is super more inspiring. Okay, so now we can get to what I'm very excited about, which is an amazing workshop partnership that you can come through for. So in case you didn't know, as Legally Clueless Africa, we have workshops where we teach you how to build what we've done. So building a podcast and scaling it up into a new media business, building a digital show, a digital content, scaling it up to a full-on new media business. Now, most of the times our workshops haven't been open to you because we've been doing them in partnership with different organizations for their members or for their employees. Finally, we have one that you can come to and get this. Most of the time, our workshops are for three hours, but this time it's five days. I'm very excited about this. So we have teamed up with Power254, an amazing organization here in Kenya, 
To put together this podcast masterclass, I will be your facilitator across the five days and I'm going to be taking you from building sustainable content so we make sure that your show doesn't fall off in episode five or episode seven, working on your prep sheets, your target audience profile, figuring out how can you attract advertising, how do you scale AI tools that make the production process much faster and much more efficient, ethically, of course. And so much more. I'm very excited about it because I think one of the things I truly enjoy doing is sharing knowledge. And doing it on things that I'm passionate about like this is super exciting for me. So it's from the 31st of July all the way to the 4th of August. Tickets are 3,000 bob, which if you think about it, five days of a podcast masterclass for only 3,000 bob. We're really trying to get you in so you can gain this knowledge. We only have limited spots because I really want to be able to go deep with a select few people. So you need to grab your tickets ASAP. They are 3,000 bob, as I said, and you can find them on mooc.com. We've put a link to that in the show notes so that you can go there, grab your tickets. If you've always wanted to dive into digital media, podcasting, you have an idea. I really want to workshop the idea with you. It's something I find fun to do. And yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm looking forward to it because five days. Oh my goodness. There's a lot we can cover. And I really know that we're going to move your ideas to the next step. Trust me. Okay. Now that that excitement is out of me. I could move on. Oh my goodness, I was so giddy about that. Anyway, let's jump into Song of the Week so I can quickly move into Kevin's story. Literally, I had planned a different Song of the Week and today I've just been jamming to music and letting my Apple Music just run wild and pick songs from all over. And then I find this song or stumble on this song. I don't know if I'm saying this South African artist's name right because he's an S and then a J. (laughs) So I don't know if it's Java. Okay, him and Q-Twins and Mzukulu. Who said it right? Anyway, the name of the song is Isoka. Again, just stumbled on this song today. The groove. Like I heard it and I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's that? I saw everything I was doing and turned up my speakers and I really like it. I like it. Please listen to it, but also low-key. The other reason for me sharing this song is because I know we have quite a lot of people listening from South Africa. If it's in a language that you are conversant with, I really want to know what the song's about. (laughs) This is me cheating (laughs) by putting the song on here so that, yeah, you can help me out. Please, please, please. Let's jump into 100 African Stories. As I said earlier, very excited about this part two of Kevin's story. Because it's just so real. And when we talk about business, I feel like people are just lying. (laughs) I know I said earlier on sexifying it and making it glamorous. But to be very frank, quite a few people are just presenting falsehoods when they're talking about their businesses or their business journey. So at this point in Kevin's story, this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, please go to episode two. 126 so that everything makes sense trust me it's easier if you do that 
But at this point, he's just moved back to Kenya from the States. He's trying to figure out his next move. And so he takes us with him as he weaves through him experiencing losses in family, relationships, friendships, business, while simultaneously building an empire. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. So I moved back 2015 and yeah, sending resumes and trying to figure this out. No hits. I've left my past in the US. We had dated like almost 10 years. But then the thing is she's she was younger or she's still younger, I guess. And so she was doing her undergrad and her master's. And I always feel like don't don't put pressures on people. Your own your own pressure that like, like no, you have to move back and stuff. I'm like so anyway, came back looking for a job and I remember sitting and I was telling my sisters like my mind is just going to explode because free time is good until it's not it's like COVID time you're just like guys we can't just chill like this there has to be something to do and I met this gentleman who was farming he'd just been let go at Nestle and I was jobless <laughs> of course and he's like oh we have some uh, some land up country and we can supply restaurants and stuff like that and I remember I was just like why not and then also you remember now you're idle eh so you're traveling out in, you know, you're taking pictures. You're like, oh, guys, Tuesday, how's your Tuesday doing? And you take pictures of the Rift Valley and it's all, you know, it looks, it looks, it just looks glamorous. Because now you also, you want to show that I'm also doing something with my life, guys. Don't just be thinking, calling me to go to happy hours and stuff. I got stuff to do. Now somebody can actually call you like, no, I'm traveling. I'm not around. Let me check. What day, what day, what did, what day did you say you want to meet? We started farming uh, and we were farming potatoes. And we were supplying like um, a lot of small mom and pops restaurants. Just learning the learning curve, understanding cost of production and stuff. But then also even as we were farming, we were buying stuff from the local market here. Uh, Marikiti to sell to these restaurants. They're, they're selected and stuff like that. And then you, you deliver. Now, I had a Toyota Wish. It was a station wagon. I remember we used to carry like potatoes, you know, and then it's like almost looking like those low riders in the West Coast. And then cops, cops would stop you because, of course, this is a you're not you're doing commercial business with a private car. And then the way we would do it, actually, I'm not even proud about this. We would tie a red ribbon and say we are going to a funeral. <laughs> and this is where the your Africanness works for you. If you mention funeral, they're like. Just go, just go. Because they're thinking like the bad omen, you'll cast them and even the ancestors will come on them. Almost they give you an escort to wherever you're going. It's just like we're going to cook, you know, it's a big funeral. They're like, oh, who, lo- who do you lose? Then of course you have to kill someone who's already dead. So you kill a grandparent or somebody and just like, you know. And we did that for a while. 2016, this gentleman that I had partnered with, I think for him it was just a means to an end. He had a wife and kid and so... He had to find a way to make money. But he really taught me a lot in terms of record keeping. And so anyway, so he got he got, he got got a job. I think, oh. you know, he first went to the States and he got a job. Anyway, again, that's his story. So we just deviate from him. And then I remember it was Christmas 2016. Here I am back again. Sad hours. Sad end hours. Just like, ah, oh, what do I do? And I remember my friends from the diaspora, from the U.S. being like, by the way, you know, we've been seeing these Instagram things of yours, eh? And I've been sending my mom cash. And she says she's building or she's doing what? Me at a ceiling, I don't see where it's going. So why don't you expand your business to cover our farm also? I'll pay you for it. 
and then you can professionalize that. Huh, this could be onto something, and then you start. Now, it's sometimes the universe does things, you start seeing things in a certain way. So at that point, that's when you're seeing news about diaspora remittance, and you're like, oh my God, how much did they? I think right now they've even passed tourism if I'm a troll in the current day. You're like, what? And I was like, if I just channel 0.001%, huh? we are buying a Range Rover by the end of the year. So the first thing I did, I went back to the farm. I bought um, some seeds and stuff. So I took one acre and then divided it into eight. What I wanted to know, remember we're done potatoes. Well and good. But I wanted to understand if I'm growing broccoli, carrots and stuff, how do they behave? How do they, um, how long do they take? Theoretically and practically, what are my biggest issues here? You know, I really wanted to learn that. Because remember, I, I didn't do agri in school. But there's a lot that you need to learn. In the, in, actually, in the African context, what is our Achilles heel in this, in this industry? Again, that is not, it's not the, um, it will give you an insight, but it's not the, the, the only thing. Like in terms of, there's so much more to learn. So much more to learn. So I did that. I need to employ somebody because I'm trying to formalize my business. So actually, I registered the business, looking for the name, da, 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 and I called it Tukalime. Let us go farm because, again, we are going, we are returning people back to farming. My generation, um, when I'm not that old, our generation, Adele, <laughs> our generation, farming is for Instagram, man. It's not for, <laughs> you know? I go to Nairobi University, Kabeta Campus. Again, I, don't, I know no one. Uh, remember also, because of I had moved back and I had tried to get people to hire me and stuff like that, and nobody was, no hits. At this point, you become hardened. You're like, I'm going to do this by myself. I don't want favors. See, I'll just drive here. Again, I just went to Nairobi Uni. Uh, the, guys, the guards at the gate were like, uh, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to see the dean of Agri. I don't even know if that's what it's called, but they must be a dean, right? I mean, this is the agricultural uni. So I went there, and as I'm looking, walking the hallways of all these landed uh, people, I stumbled about this guy and I'm just like hey where is the dean's office and that's like why 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 do you want the dean I'm like there's a project I'm doing and I need an agronomist he's like ah I just graduated I'm like really no shit that was employee 001 I was like let's go again do I know how I'm going to pay him also at this point are you paying statutories of NHIF NSSF and whatever those things are you're just like look may I just pay you <laughs> what happens there Remember, you've just registered the business formally, not even taxes and stuff. You still don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I think a lot of people can can relate. You don't know these things. So we started with farm number one, which another. Let me say this first. You know, when people say that you're self-made, I think it's the biggest fallacy. And there's so many co-conspirators, so many people that you, would, whether it's financial, whether it's words of advice, or even what that that person prays for you at the end of the night. So that self-made thing actually should just be abolished. There's nobody who's self-made. Even luck. Actually, luck is like majority. So the first farm we managed was in Ryanuki, so around the Mount Kenya region. And there were actually two farms. One was for a friend of mine called Kelvin. And we were farming for them watermelons, onions, and garlic. The second farm was my sister's farm, her and her friend. And if you notice in this story, my sister appears very consistently. So when people ask me, why come you guys are so close? I'm like, omnipresent. Can you imagine? Remember, she knows her brother is not, an, uh, not a farmer. Atwe Pesayake, give you her own money and her own land. Go experiment. And no pressure of like, oh, you lost money. It's okay. <laughs> very instrumental. 
and also Kelvin at that point very instrumental. So remember, now you're doing an experiment with people's money on the farm. So we started with Kelvin's farm first. Uh, let's just say I lost his money. <laughs> uh, it didn't work out too well. Now that was, I would say, first year of university in agribusiness. So one of the things was the where the land was and where the river was. At least I knew the the concepts. I'm just like, okay, buy this. And then you have a an agronomist. We shall grow these things. But we were pumping water about more than a kilometer away. So here I have put my hat on also as an engineer. But I'm like, how hard can it be? Buy a pump, connect some pipes with glue, and they reach the farm. It's going to work, right? And buy some drip irrigation and stuff like that. Right? I mean, if talking here, that sounds plausible, right? What you haven't, what you, what you haven't calculated is what's the cost of energy to pump water upstream a kilometer away that was expensive we hadn't calculated evaporation rate Yanuki's hot you pump water like like this it, it's like, two seconds later it's like you did nothing the other thing we didn't realize elephants how do you start dealing with elephants? i'm a city boy remember back in the story i am a city boy here telling me to deal with elephants me i'm just like oh my god this is like in the movies and then of course so you start talking to people around the area and they tell you oh no we burn tires or you can plant chili the elephants don't like noise and stuff like that but I'm like okay but this thing at here they come at night uh, we just create bonfires and we just wait for them and then make noise and stuff like that. I'm like this is like um, born free or gods, gods must be crazy and remember you still don't know like half the things because remember I'm taking a situation where the guy that I had his name is Martin he knows the ins and outs of agri, but then now we're also experiencing things that also for Remember, he just graduated. So he's also green. Me, I, at least I know the um, factors of production. I know how to put things together in terms of um, to make the business work. But now, so things now I'm just landing on the way. So that project failed. And also my sister's project, which is also in Nanyuki, failed. <laughs> I think I just kept quiet on that story. Not kept quiet. They knew it had failed, but in terms of even trying to bring it up, because I'm like, Dude, it's not. It's it's bad enough. You you've lost their money. Now you want to talk about that you do a postmortem. You're shy because you're just like, man, I feel bad, you know. But then now also Kelvin Hood, where she was also instrumental, because even after the farm failed, he wrote me a check. We were age mates, by the way. He wrote me a check of a hundred thousand to be like his seed money. Imagine, his seed money. Go ahead and do 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 your thing. I believe in your thing. I'm just like, how many people do you know? Remember, we are age mates. Yes, okay, fine. He worked for a bank or he still works for a bank and stuff like that. He had a formal job. But, I mean, and he had a child, family, Ninini. He's 100,000. Uh, and I think, what was the next project that we did? I'm not even sure. But then, we did a couple more projects. Some were successful, some were not successful. And one of the things, like, now, okay, now, you learn, you get things right at the farm. But then, the market part doesn't work. Now, you're in a situation where you have the produce. You've done everything right. You're like, Yes. And then the assumption that, again, people always say, grow it and you sell it. It doesn't work that way. I remember going to, remember I used to buy from the market, now it's time for me to sell to the market here, marketing. And by showing up, so you make lines at four in the morning. Oh, actually I skipped a part because the other thing I want to understand the markets is I spent time with those ladies a couple of weeks, just in the morning, just go there, sit down, buy the 10 shilling coffee and uh, I'm going to tell you stories. That, I mean, they are a library of, in terms of a wealth of information, it's so ridiculous. And for them, they don't want even much. Actually, they're happy to give you stories. He said there, and of course, they're going to try to sell you their daughters. 
also. Like, uh, you're not married. I have, I have somebody. I have somebody for you. But you learn so much. And then now when we went back now to sell potatoes, potatoes are very dear to me. Um, <laughs> I show up there. So you, you, you make a line because there are all these traders. So you book a spot to go sell your dinner. And then we had leased this truck from my friend. And of course, it wasn't just these regular trucks that you see on the road. It was a little bit fancy. And then you just realize that you're such an outsider. I'm there with my Ray-Bans. So first of all, they can they can smell the fear in you. So you know what happens? So you go there, you're like, okay, fine. I have X, I think I have like 200 bags of potatoes. So you go there, they tell you, wait. It's almost like a barber shop. You just wait. Then I think they conspired. Rather than I think, I know they conspired. And you're just waiting. And then they tell you, today the market is so bad. I've never seen it like this. Even because, you are, again, you don't know. So you're just like, really? It's an abnormally. You know, I think... Because they'll put you on ice for a couple of hours. So you're already, you're, and used to things working fast. So you're already like, I need to go. I can't come back tomorrow and do this again. They're like, what? It dropped the price of the bag by 200 shillings or 300 shillings. Let's see what happens. Let's try to, to catalyze the, the purchase. They're like, okay, you can you do your conclusion. Like, still make a margin. All of a sudden, you have activity. 30, 40, now we're in business. 30, 40 bags gone. Then they put you on ice again. Then you know, and I remember the market is not open 24 hours, so by 2, 3 p.m., actually nobody went to the market because most of the hotels and stuff are buying from in the morning. I'm like, okay, here we are again. Then they come back and say, oh my God, I don't know what, what is happening here. You know, they look like your friends. And they're even there, they're telling you, can I buy you a soda even? You, they're spending the, remember they're the same guys who have robbed you just a few seconds ago. Like, can I buy you a soda? Okay, at least they're my... Soldiers of the same struggle, you know, and they're like, okay, and they're like, let's just tweak the price again down a bit, drop it again another 300, now you're 600 down. Then, and then it's a flurry of activity, then they put you on ice again. Then at some point, they just tell you, you know what, I have found somebody, I have, I have found somebody to just take everything from you. How much, then they give you a price for everything. Remember, now it's like 1 p.m. They're telling you, or if you don't want, you'll just come tomorrow, it's okay, we'll just try our luck again tomorrow. At this point, you're just like, you know what, Tell them to take everything. So school of hard knocks. So yeah, so we lost a couple of products and stuff, but then some some did very well. So the proof of concept has been done. Now, as I'm just doing, remember my Instagram is popping, and yeah, doubts, things you're doing. Actually walk around uh, in, in social circles, people are like, oh, you're a farmer. And here you walk, walk around like, yes, I know, I know. I know I don't look like a farmer. At the same time, the person that you've left in the, in the US, time has a thing of wearing relationships out. So that you now you're talking less and less because now my sense of community or my community here is being built. She's building our community there. But you're just still like talking. I don't even know. It's like almost like once a week. Now it's like you don't even understand what you're doing. You know? It makes no sense. So I had a, I had a choice when I moved back. Either hang around um, my friends, who a lot of my friends were, are in the uh, entertainment industry and do the whole nightlife of Nairobi or hang around my sister's friends who are older, more established and stuff like that. So we used to hang around. We miss it so much. Mercury, ABC. And here you had like just different guys from different walks of life, but all very well accomplished guys. You know, you do things or you'd say something in conversation and they look at you. Oh, you child. You have no idea. You know? So it, it kind of like panel beats you to start thinking differently. 
Uh, so I started hanging out with these guys. And I'm like, I'm the youngest, but great banter. So now these guys were sitting and stuff. So they know I'm farming, but again, they're like, oh, you're doing child's play. I mean, one of the guys, guy, I think the family farmed to like a thousand acres, maize and stuff like that. This guy went to St. Andrew's Tory from like class four. We are not the same. I remember for us guys, we started with about three acres. He's a guy, a thousand. He's telling me his problems. He's like, oh, my tractor. Do you know what? I have to uh, buy um, the turbo charger went out. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, how much? Man, that thing, I think I have to buy it for about $30,000. You're like, that's a part in your tractor. So one of the gentlemen there was just like, why did you tell me what you do again? So I explained to him, we're farm managers and we, we manage farms on behalf of people who don't have the time or the expertise to do this. He's like, okay. He tells me, I want you to meet my brother. I'm like, uh-huh. So his brother at that point, I believe, as a family business for them, they run one of the oldest agricultural companies in Kenya. I think it's like 119 years old. And then the brother was also part of um, Vision 2030 Kenya, the council, and he was uh, Kenya Association of Manufacturers chairman. He's like, go meet my brother. And then I'm like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll call him on Monday. Uh, so I called the brother and he's like, yeah, come see me. Because of course he's already been briefed. So we meet, we talk. And it was actually not, hard, not a hard sell because I think they had done their their math. First of all, let me tell you, people with money have already done their math. Don't assume that you'll come. So be truthful. Talk about all the hardships and stuff. Don't come sell dreams. Actually, I did try to sell that dream because I remember doing, I remember doing like, you know, this, someone tells you, do for me a business case. So do for me a business case. And it's like, again, from year five, we are going to be rich, rich. So I do this thing and it's like, ah, oh, man, this thing's too ambitious. I'm like, what do you mean? But I, I know. It's stuff like that. He's like, no, tape it down and stuff. like. And then he's trying to be very respectful. We don't want to put off your dreams and stuff like that. He's just like, no, just tweak here, add some more, like we do tape it down, make it more realistic. And then the guy says, okay, we want to invest in you guys. After, so back and forth for a while. This is 2018 to 2019, back and forth. Like we're going to do this, we're going to do this and stuff. At the same time, something interesting happens. Uh, I meet, actually I don't know how I got this phone call. I got a phone call from somebody at Twigger Foods. Twigo Foods, uh, for those who don't know, it's, I think they've been funded like 17 billion Kenyan shillings. That's about $50 million and above. I think they're about a hundred something million dollars that has been invested in them. And their thing was to try and distribute fresh produce to the markets. The markets, again, where I was robbed, <laughs> you know, and do all that stuff. So they call me and they're like, oh, I would like to meet you. Let's meet and talk. They were just starting out. No, we, we had Tukalime and Tugastad around the same time, but they got funding way quicker. I don't want to say it's because one of the directors was maybe a bit fair skinned. I'm just not saying that. I'm just saying it, it does not hurt you to have <laughs> somebody to bring comfort to investors. Well, that's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to cause problems. <laughs> I met a lady who was working there. So it's kind of like a top line interview. And like, this is what we're looking for. We want to invest in farms because what they used to do, they used to buy from smallholder farmers. We think you might be the right person to help us usher this in. I'm just like, I'm such a child in this game, but also remember now we are four years in. So you become a voice of authority. You, you can talk about the right terms. You you know things, you know. Things they're talking about, actually you're telling them, no, it doesn't work that way. It works like this. I've been there before. Have you been to Madikiti before at 4 a.m.? You know it works. Um, I meet um, their CEO at that time. We sit, we talk, and he's like, he's like, okay, but I would like you to, to meet my co-founder. The co-founder is uh, the current CEO, Peter Jonjo. So I meet them. And I can't remember who it was, one of them. I think it was the, the, the first director whose name was called Grant Brook. And Grant is like, I want you to join us. 
we'll give you stock options, we'll give you all these things like stuff. So here I am. Remember, I've been promised an investment. We're just finalizing to build my baby. But somebody else is coming to tell you, come build my baby. And he mentioned some of our figures. Even me, I'm just like, what? He's like, join our C-suit, do all these things. We can do all these things and stuff. And I'm just thinking, he's like, um, I'm like, let me think about it. The numbers, the numbers. Let me talk about almost $10,000 a month in salary for a thing that I created out of a need to get out of the house because I was going crazy. Okay. Thought about it. I consulted. I talked to people. But then, you know, people, you know, because people don't want to mess up your life, they're just like, me, I would do this, but then it's up to you. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's your life. Do, do whatever you want to do. So, but then also the thing that also was ringing, ringing down uh, in, in my brain was, if these guys are willing to hire you to build their dream, that means I'm onto something. I, again, still, they always say a bird in hand is worth more than two in the bush. But still, it's good to just earn money. And of course, Antigua was growing crazy, like ridiculous. So I came back to them and I told them, I can't accept to be hired by you guys. And I told them, it was very open. I have an investment coming up and stuff. I think I want to go that direction. However, I can consult for you. And then I knew, you know, but you have, to, you have to be able to figure out how your world, your ecosystem comes together. So I'm like, we signed a deal and everything. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll pay you as a consultant for a year. That's we're figuring out a permanent solution. And then... I use this agreement to push those guys. I go back to these guys and I'm just like, look, you see, I told you I'm onto something. This guy is just, you know, and I told them the story and I told them this guy is going to pay me X amount per month. And actually it's, it's for the company. It's not for, you know, they're like, oh, this guy, like that's how he's moving. All right. So I think maybe generate, it, it pushed this guy's kid. They're like, let's sign this guy before he decides he's gone Kabisa. So we sign a contract uh, worth a, a couple of, Kenyan million shillings. Because uh, I don't know really, the end is still intact, so I can't say things. <laughs> There's just so much to learn. Because me, I thought that the account would just be, here's a check, here's money. Like, no, no, it's a drawdown. It's worth X amount. You can draw down to it up to X amount. But remember, uh, going back to the spreadsheet, you had said you're going to be a millionaire in year two. Like, we're all going to be rich. So I find you, you might not need, need this money by that time, but it's here as a credit line if you need it. I'm like, yes, they need me. So I'm earning this much. First of all, I thought I could keep this money as mine, the one from Twigger Foods. Yeah, you have to put it back into the company. It's not yours because you are an officer of the company. I learned the hard way. I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is going to be rich. And I was so happy as we were finalizing all the legalities and stuff. I knew so it was in November. Yeah, so it was in November 2019. So go, I've hired guys. I promised the world that we're going to take it over. We're going to do all these things. And I'm so confident. I'm like, I'm going to take a holiday to go rejuvenate so i do a southeast asia trip because now i'm feeling like the one percenter i'm a business owner now i know how to pay taxes nssf nhif and all the acronyms that you know i go for a month as we're setting up so because we're still setting up office da, 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 all these things and then i've had guys guys are here i do my first board meeting i'm in vietnam i'm feeling like a startup founder i am doing this but anyway this is my own money so first of all it's not their money but I'm like, but there's more money to be made. What do you mean? Uh, I've found, hey, that life was good. I remember even having the video call with these guys. I'm like, yeah, I'm in Vietnam and I'm having a call. And you're just feeling like in the movies. Actually, by the way, it's so surreal. Now you are who you think you are. <laughs> I remember getting a car. Like I got sick. Just kidogo, but I, usually, I really get sick. Like, thank you, God, for knock on wood. 
then I call. I don't even know why he called me or why we spoke. But remember um, my god brother who runs Parapet. We speak. And we don't talk that off that often. We talk we're on need be. I said, like, hey, by the way, I hear there's like a cold going on <laughs> in that part of the world. Yeah. So I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, I was sick and I just took some meds. I'm not feeling that great. But yeah, it is what it is. So I come back in mid-Jan, set up the office, buy furniture. I was just giving a check, here's a million, 10,000 shillings, go furnish your, your car office. And of course, you try to be modest. So you try to like, you know, you, you actually open working space and stuff. Because some of the things you submit, they laugh and they tell you, <laughs> Young man, you don't need all that. So we start with spending, but new laptops and new, you just the, the, the general stuff. Spend some good money. Sure, 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 sure. You've hired people. You've this budget for marketing. You, you're pushing. Then we start seeing in the news, Italy, what is, what is happening in Italy, being hit. COVID happens. But then again, like, Everybody else, we didn't take it serious. I'm getting clients because now you're pushing. You're pushing numbers. And the thing is, it's a numbers game. So I remember being told, uh, oh, the office is being closed. Because now what happened, which is, which is a great deal, a great deal, but also let me give you guys an investment uh, advice, some investment advice. When somebody tells you they're going to give you X amount of money, sometimes it's not in cash. Part of it is in kind. So if I'm going to give you an X amount of money and I have office space, it means the office space will be calculated, rent and stuff, and that's going to also part of the money I'm giving you. But it's in kind. So we were housed under um, this company. We shared services. So like I did not have to hire a CFO, HR, da, 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 because we would use theirs. And I think that works perfect because also there's expertise in that sense. But then yeah, I thought this money was just going to be money used for the development of the company. Um, COVID hits. We have to close the office. Everybody has to just go and do vibes and inshallah at home. But I think the first month, I think we were all just happy to be home. So month one happens. Month two happens. Month three is like, ah. <laughs> you tell me we're not going back. It's getting worse. The pressure is getting worse. So, well, you're still paying guys because you have, a, you have a legal obligation to pay guys. But then now we get to a point where you're like, uh, I can't pay guys at the same level. Because what happens is you have a runway of money. And you know, X amount will last you per month. So the pot that you have will only last me till December or whatever it is. So I had a call with my people and I told them. Now at this point, I've gone from employee 001. We are now like eight. So eight permanent. And then we have a lot like, it's we have a lot of people casual from the, from the phones. So I tell them, look, it's either we take a steep cut or we continue paying the way we're paying, but won't last. Depend. So I told, I proposed 60%. 60. And they saw it. I'm like, guys, you see, we're not working. There's nothing. At this point, you can't even go to the farms. Either your clients don't want you to go to their farms because they're afraid you might bring something to their parents who are there. People in Nairobi used to be feared because it's like only this disease was in Nairobi. So you go, you go to shags and people are just like, don't, don't come near me. And then also what happened is as we were doing 60% pay cuts, corporate Kenya was also taking steep pay cuts and, and, and redundancies and all these things. Remember, our business is managing people's farms, people with disposable incomes. What has ha happened to disposable incomes? They're non-existent now. There's nothing. So now you're just like, the heck? But then also, you start learning different things in terms of there, there are a lot of excesses, I think, that COVID taught us that we don't need. 
I mean, you don't need, I, I still believe in co-working spaces now. I don't think you need to pay, I don't know how much money for a full office. COVID has happened. We've, so now we had to figure out how, what happens to Kalime because this is not sustainable. And also the thing about economic shocks is it teaches you what to do um, to, to be able to be sustainable. And so at Twig, I remember the consultant, were the first people that our contracts to be shut down. It's nothing personal. I I think, I mean, they did. I would have done the same thing. Like, he's a consultant. And we're paying him how much? Hell no. So we cut that out. So now we're like, what 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 does a business become? So, because individuals are the ones that we were man, we were managing their farms, and it wasn't working out. How about we change our business from B to C, B to because businesses are more resilient. Businesses forecast. Businesses are less susceptible to economic shocks. We changed the script. At this point, um, I've grown in stature in terms of as a voice of authority. It's easy for me to go talk to a crisps manufacturing company, to talk to a potato processing company, to talk to Tada. And also, we also we, 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 we realize that even if we're managing people's farms, we have to have our own farm. We have to have our own source of revenue. You can't be susceptible. You can't be open to other people just... You know? No. So I go around and I sign contracts. I go on a contract signing spree. Because I'm like, if I sign contracts, then I can use this to be able to marshal up new business. But then now you're having a situational pressure. The guys who give you the first money, amount of money, it wasn't for free. It's a payback. But they're very nice guys, to be honest. Like, I've never, never had any stress. Like, I don't have sleepless nights on that point. We sign all these contracts. I sign $750,000 worth of contracts. So I sign these contracts into... 2021, 2022. Huh. <laughs> what happens in 2022? There's elections, yes. I, I want to do like a Q&A. Elections, what else? What really affected, two things really affected agriculture. This drought, you're doing pretty well. One more, one more. The Ukraine-Russian war. Tell me, how do you see these things? How, how do you foresee these things? Like you can't make this shit up. <laughs> There's a telecom company in this country that has an agricultural farm, firm as in F-I-R-M. So we sign with them, and I'm like, I'm, I'll buy all your maize and beans because I need to satisfy X, right? So, so I'm feeling I've, I've, all my bases are done. The drought happens. The drought has not been as bad as this in the last 70 years. It hasn't rained consistently in the last five years. Ukraine and Russia makes fertilizer double. First of all, it's not even there. Then it doubles. So remember, like, let's say you send a contract to supply beans at 60 shillings a kilo. Beans now are retailing at 120. Almost, it's like somebody sat down and did the math and just said, just do 2x. The farmers that you signed up, we had over 2,000 farmers, thanks to the telco who were going to supply us X. They're like, nope. First of all, whatever they had has already dried up. The little they've had, they're, they're not giving you even, they're telling you, go away. These guys that you signed the contract with, then they're like, you said you promised heaven and earth. Where is it? Then you get to a point, you, and we had to send a down payment, by the way. They're giving us a down payment of 10% of a large, you know, so I'm talking about 100,000 kids a day. So, you know, it's a large contract. It's not like $500, yeah? It's a large contract. They're not giving you $25. They're giving you a lot. You have to pay it back. And we've opened collection centers in Western Kenya. We've done all these things. Collect to buy up what's in the market. All that has gone. Now you have to dip in, pay. Because you can fight it again. But again, we're not those people. Remember, Act like you got some sense. At the same time, two things happened in 2021, 2022. Remember, now I had a breakup, right? 
And then, then one of my very, very good friends, um, his dad dies during the COVID time. So because this is like a very, he's like a brother, like our grandparents were best friends. Our parents were friends. We used to go to places and we used to be dressed the same, like triplets. So him and his brother, they're twins. So I'm the one doing the point work, like in terms of buying the dad, collecting money, doing all these things. Because that's the right thing that, I mean, that's what we do. So one day I get a, a call. No, actually, we were on, uh, remember we were doing those Zoom things and I'm, I'm traveling for work. After I, I, I signed off on the call as I was traveling, my ex was on the call because now for that, those many years you're sharing, all, all your friends are the same. Everybody knows who's who. So you tell me, I, don't, I need to talk to you. I'm like, oh, right, cool. Uh, but I'll, I'm coming back Sunday nights. Can, can I call you then? So I call her uh, when, I, when I go back to Nairobi. And she's like, oh, I'm moving on. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's good for you. I mean, you know, by this way, you've already broken up. You already broke up two years ago. It's like, um, however, I want you to hear from me with somebody you know. <laughs> yes. So, as I'm burying who I can see is my uncle, my friends, whatever, these guys got closer. And the only reason they told me is because we were going on vacation together, but other people were going to be in the, in the mix. So it was only like the time. We need to tell this guy this story right now and stuff. So I, so I get back to my room. So I pack. I said, that, um, you know, they say it's a vibe, it's a thing when you park outside the the house in the driveway and just sit and just think about your thoughts or have a phone call before you get in. I don't know why that thing happens. Yeah? So yeah, so she tells me, yeah, so it's this guy. And I'm like, okay, again, I didn't get hurt because, because how we had already broken up. It's this guy. I'm like, you're my brother. You've been to my house. You and your person coming to meet me and this person that you've decided to whatever. So I remember listening, I was just like, playing my telling her, wait first, I need to sleep on this. Because now, so the next day I wake up, uh, and then uh, my pal Eric, who we both know, he's like, his dad was unwell, and he's like, so I tell him the story. He's like, hey, boss, you're stressed. They live in Mwingi. Mwingi is like three hours away in terms of where the folks live. He's like, let's just do a drive. And because that night I didn't sleep well, I slept halfway through that. And usually I don't sleep when people are because I want to die when I'm seeing. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to die in my sleep. Go, and I thought about it. I don't know, this guy is trying to call me. So I text him back and I tell him, I can't pick up your call. I'm marinating. So I go, we go, we see the folks, we come back. So I come back, then I text this chick. I'm like, it's okay that you've moved on. But I think you didn't think this, this thing properly. And you're a smart person. Even that guy is a smart guy. That guy went to Sunshine, how she went to G to Loreto Limuru. Like, these are smart people. I'm not even upset, but I'm, I'm even now, now you, now you know you take out your feelings and now you empathize with them. Let's say maybe you guys had feelings. Even when us guys were dating, maybe you guys had an underlying current going on. But I'm like, you do know that in terms of how our families are. So let's say you guys go get married because I hope you guys get married because the, the amount of the atomic bomb that you guys... Because now what happens is your friends get split. Like everybody becomes like, it's, it becomes mayhem. It was like, what happened? Uh, you know, the guys who take sides and now you've, it's a mess. Still, you even take yourself out of the equation and you're like, okay now? She's like, oh... I felt like I've always done things according to the book. I want to go with where my heart lies. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But even for me, I see in movies that they do cocaine, but I've not done cocaine because I know the effects of cocaine. I know the ripple effects. You, you, you think about things before you do them. But then I was very, I was very respectful. I wasn't like trying to, I'm, I'm not like, again, I go back to my dad. Don't cause fuss. So I tell her, you see, when you're being introduced, let's say you guys get married and you're being introduced. So you don't tell me Made. Now Made, dude's mom, because my mom also would have been livid, you're going to be described as that chick. You're the reason why these two guys don't talk. You, you're starting from a point of negative. <laughs> How does that even work? I, I laid out for her 
almost if I had a whiteboard, and I'm like, no, don't worry about me. Me, it's okay. Me, I'll heal. These things are, they, it's okay. But the amount of damage that's been done is ridiculous. So you have to brace for impact. Because even for me, by the way, my friends, whatever it is, me, I'm telling them, show them grace. It's, I don't know what the, the thought process is, but it took, so I later, I was just like, oh, I don't know, we hadn't thought about that. But I'm like, oh, okay, sour. This guy's still calling me. I'm like, me, I'm talking to you first. Because remember, the heart is, it's like, yeah, this one, it's like, it is what it is. It's fine. You, you guys did your time. And to be honest, relationships uh, go through their period. Like we all hope and wish we grow old together. But sometimes in, whether it's distance, personality, something comes in and it, 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 it doesn't work, it's fine. So it causes a lot of grief. Family, I was, I was like, telling my cousins and stuff. They're like, what happened again? Huh. It was Foda. Foda for whatever. I didn't talk to this guy for the, I actually spoke this year. Since then, I was just like, dude, stay away from me. This was so, this was 2021. Sour. So, um, so we went through all that stuff. Uh, that was last year in terms of, you know, you have to back down payments and stuff like that. So remember, I started on a three acre. Uh, then I grew and I got a, an investment check of 100K. At least in my know we didn't send an NDA. I didn't say I can say that. Then uh, a couple of years later, I got an investment for a corporate investment uh, to push me through, which actually helped me during COVID. It really helped me to go through. Then we signed contracts worth $750,000. Now, this year, something we've been fighting. Actually, we just signed like maybe two, three weeks ago. So as a company, this one at least we have signed an NDA, so I can't even say after that. They'd have to clear it. But... We are embarking on a project that is, in terms of magnitude, um, it's 2,000 acres. So we're building a mini plantation. So 2,000, if it all works out great, please God, I know, no, no more Ukraine and stuff like that. But now it's been chosen. We, we've, we've done a lot of stuff to do. So 2,000, um, then we'll grow it to 10,000 acres to produce seed for, for farmers. And the project is going to employ about 9,000 people. So you go back from employee number one in the corridors of the university to now having 9,000 people on a 2,000-acre project. If, if it's not God, but I don't tell me what it is. If, it, if there's not what we're talking about or coming back to, you're talking in, 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 in whatever, and you can see your mom floating somewhere or whatever, you're like, ah, you know? If it's not somebody somewhere, whether it's our friends or whatever it is, Wishing. So I learned a lot in terms of even though there's this, this luck, yes, you have to do some work, of course, but also you have to will yourself to win. So going back now to the table that I was hanging out with in Mercury, right? Uh, going back to understanding the factors of production, understanding the women at Marikiti, understanding all those things, they come, they come now. Because even now, when we're talking with uh, like another client we signed, I'm dropping names. Because I'm not even dropping names to floss. This is my world. Because <laughs> they'll do background check on you, by the way. They'll be like, who are you? What, are they, what has this person done? They're like, oh my goodness, they know so and so. They've done this. They've done this. But that has been in an eight-year period. So even though um, also with, um, I didn't, like now with the economics and stuff, I didn't, like, left with like, well, I don't have any hours to finish. But eight years... I've done my 10,000 hours to be an authority in what I do. So in terms of aspirations and stuff, I'm just excited because of that trajectory, despite the hiccups here and there, you can't make up this stuff. I know we've spoken about a lot of loss, both love, business, family, 
all these things. But do you know, um, and my mom used to say this all the time, and she used to say it in Kukuyu, and she used to be like, there's no, there's no, okay, direct translation, there's no nighttime that doesn't have a dawn. You know what I'm saying? So, even right now, well, God willing, everything, ha- like, you know, we can be able to go home safely and all these things, but just, you have to realize that tomorrow is another day. Whether you have guys, you, you owe guys money. You <laughs> think? Whether you've broken up with somebody, whether it is, it is like, you know, you meet people. Like now, I met somebody and we're chatting and they're a lovely person and stuff like that. But then I go back and I'm like, they've always been there in, in, life, in your life. Now it's just changing the setting of who they are to you. But yeah, you have to go through all that stuff to also appreciate the small things. So sometimes I see people when they're not picking up their, their, their mom is calling, not pick up. I'm like, you want to hear my story? You know, hear the last voice note I had for my mom, or even if it's a, you find a new love or stuff like that, you become different because now you appreciate them in a very different way. So I think the things just to say is that everything has its own time. No matter how much things may look like Armageddon today, imagine you are built to last. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. You see why I was so excited for you to listen to part two of Kevin's story? Such real myth. It's very sobering and relatable to hear somebody's business journey in a raw, real form. And I find it to be even more inspiring. So I'm so happy that Kevin shared that with us. And so... In the show notes, there's a link to to Kalime's platforms in case you want to learn more about what Kevin and his team are doing. I've also put a link to Kevin's platform so that you can reach out to him as well in case there's something in his story that you connected with. I connected with so much, especially when he talked about when you're building your dream, the distractions are not just unhealthy things, you know, like the things that take time away from building this dream or this empire that you're trying to create so we always think of distractions like oh doing social things instead of like committing to a deadline etc but sometimes the distractions are fat checks from huge organizations you know they're just dangling carrots in front of you to take you away from your dream and this happened to me i think in year one of legally clueless africa one of the huge radio stations here in Kenya had called me and they were actually, no, it was year two. It was year two. They had called me and they were like, you know, we love everything you're doing with your podcast. We want you to come and host our breakfast show and we will support your podcast, whatever your podcast needs, blah, 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 blah. And it's always like, sounds very beautiful at the beginning, these conversations, doesn't it? But then you have to think about ownership. You have to think about the idea that you had, this dream that you're building. Sometimes a lot of these things are distractions. And sometimes your business is in a position where you can tap into that opportunity without it distracting you from your goals. So if you say, okay, I'm going to take this job for one year because I'm going to funnel the funds into my business, my dream. But those things are normally so time consuming your dream or your baby of a business kind of suffers as well and I've always thought like side hustles will always just remain side hustles until that time comes 
for them to move to the main hassle. And that time always requires all of your attention onto this one thing selfishly. It's just one of the things I believe is a hard truth of life. I also connected with when he would talk about his experience and referencing his university life, lived experience. So when I was in Dakar in June, I had a conversation with Muna, who is the director of the show that we were shooting there. In fact, I recorded her story. It's coming. I promise it's coming <laughs> very soon. But we had a convo because we really hit it off. And we were talking about imposter syndrome, you know, feeling like you don't belong in a field when maybe you don't have the degree or certificate or diploma, etc. And I remember her saying these words that were so powerful. She said, lived experience is still experience. Oh my goodness. And that really sat with me. And I wanted to share it with you in case you're in the same position as Kevin. And even me, I, I haven't studied business but here I am, lived experience is experience. And there's always something to learn while you're experiencing whatever it is your dream is as you're trying to put it together. You're experiencing things, you're learning things. Just ensure you maintain a curious mind and stay humble enough to know that you don't know everything. So you keep learning because lived experience is still experience. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you're in Kenya, you can stream this podcast on Trace FM every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. And Fridays, we're there at 1 p.m. Make sure you head over to our website, which is LegallyCluelessAfrica.com. Once you're there, you can sign up to join our community and you can stay updated on our upcoming events and workshops like our five-day podcast masterclass that we're doing together with Power 254. Five days of me just sharing all the knowledge I've gained, my lived experience <laughs> with you in building a successful podcast and turning that into a new media business. In the show notes, there is a link for you to grab your tickets at the 3000 Bob. It's from the 31st of July to the 4th of August. And I really hope to see you there. Come through with your ideas. Let's workshop them so that we can get your show up and running. Lastly, what I want to leave you with is some words that I actually say every single morning. So part of my routine, I think a couple of podcasts, many podcast episodes ago, I have told you about having a ancestral altar. So I go there every morning and I light my candle and I burn incense or rosemary and I say these words I ask that may only that which is mine find me today and may I have the discernment to recognize it when it arrives now I say these words so they remain top of mind so that they kind of like carry me through the day and I find that this helps me stay on track so what I wanted to leave you with is those words and just a reminder that you don't have to honor all invites to fights, to exchanges, to experiences. You can sit a little in silence to know if that's truly for you or it's not. Because your energy is valuable. Your attention is valuable. Your feelings are valuable. Don't dish them out to things that are really not part of your experience or your journey. 
That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.